0: Hello and welcome, I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 86 titled, Easter is for You. We've been studying the evidence of our faith and we will continue with part two in our next study and perhaps a third part in the study after that, God willing. But for today, I want us to pause and look at a guy who was heading into the very first Easter who, like all of us, had some things in his life that he needed to overcome. Easter provides us with a reason to celebrate that Jesus is alive. Easter also provides us with an answer to two important questions that I believe in one way or another all of us listening here today are wrestling with. They are... Can I overcome the promises I've broken? Can I overcome the things I've done? So today, most of the time, we will be in Luke 22, but I'd like to start with a pre-Easter moment between Jesus and his disciples found in Matthew 26, beginning in verse 31 through verse 35. Verse 31. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the disciples said the same. So here Jesus says what's about to happen. Peter says, not me. Jesus Jesus says, yes, you. And Peter has the last word, I will die before I ever do that. Then Jesus and his disciples go to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. Judas betrays Jesus and leads the guards to him to have him arrested. Let's continue in Luke chapter 22, verse 54 through 57. Verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him astray and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. Now Peter has done some impulsive things in the few years that he has walked with Jesus. He's made lots of mistakes, but none bigger than this one. Think about what he's just done. He's broken a promise to God, and he's denied him, and he does it two more times that night before the rooster crows. Now let's be honest, we've all broken promises to God, some out of fear, like Peter, and and some for other reasons. So Peter weeps bitterly and feeling ashamed and pretty helpless here. He is not able to get to Jesus, to have a conversation with Jesus, to try and make things right with Jesus. He can only stand by and watch as Jesus is brutally beaten, dies on a cross, and is put in the tomb. The story is over. Or so it seems. So Jesus was crucified, and three days later some ladies go to the tomb to try to anoint the body of Jesus, only to find an angel there, and the stone rolled away. Let's pick it up in Mark chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, where the angel addresses the women. Verse 6, Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen, He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples, and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you." The angel instructs the women to go tell his disciples and makes a point to include Peter here, because Peter would likely think he is not included after his broken promise and his denial. Many of us have felt this same way after we've broken a promise to God. But know this, your Lord Jesus loves you and includes you by name as he did Peter. For many of us, reading verse 7, the and Peter resonates loud in our ears, the hope of forgiveness from God. See, we've all sat in the seat that Peter is sitting in, heading into Easter we need to overcome the promises we have broken and the things we have done. The only explanation for my broken promises is this, I was of another heart, in need of rescue, and the risen Jesus rescued me, as he has done for many of you. The evidence of our faith is that we believe because Scripture tells us people saw Jesus alive, they saw him crucified, they saw him alive again, And then they wrote about it. The disciples who fell away when he was arrested denied knowing him to a servant girl who thought he was going to stay dead. And that the story was over, were ultimately willing to die themselves rather than to deny what they had seen, which was that Jesus had risen. Jesus died and rose again for you. If Jesus can do that, If he can overcome death for you, then what is there that he cannot overcome in your life? His life-changing power lives in you. Let's finish today with this text. Romans 8 verses 34 through 39. Verse 34. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death? As the scripture says, For your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation can ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. As you listen today, know this, Jesus couldn't love you more. Nothing can or will ever separate any of us from his love. Our rescue cost him everything. The power that we need to overcome is right in front of us, and it costs us nothing. So let's take a little time and space to think about that. The path you have walked in the past doesn't have to be the one you walk in the future. There's a different path. You, like Peter, are just another heart in need of rescue, and that is exactly what Jesus came to do for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, may we truly realize today what your death and resurrection mean for us. Forgiveness, freedom, and the ability to walk with you through this fallen world into eternity. Forgive us our doubts, our fears, our selfishness. Forgive us the sins we knowingly commit out of weakness and reveal to us the sins we unknowingly commit in your sight so we may confess and repent of them. For your word tells us we are your handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which you have prepared in advance for us to do. Help us to faithfully and obediently walk the path you have laid out for each of us. May we always find our satisfaction in you and your willingness to offer yourself to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everyone.